Blog Talk Radio. You have tuned in to Parkinson's Recovery. This is Robert Rogers, and we have an incredibly exciting program for everyone today. We're going to be discussing EFT. Now, that's not extraterrestrial kind of stuff. That's emotional freedom technique, which is a powerful technique that can be used to help individuals um, address various issues that are up for them. My very special guest uh, today during the program is Bernadette Hunter, uh, who has a, a number of very higher-order academic credentials, and she uses emotional freedom technique to help individuals who are athletes, artists, and performers, and uh, career people, as well as individuals who have chronic uh, conditions, illnesses, and symptoms to uh, basically address the symptoms of the illness and to optimize uh, their goals and their performance. She uh, is a performance enhancement specialist with expertise in, in multiple arenas, and specifically a level one and a level two EMDR practitioner, which is uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing since 1995. Uh, Bernadette is also a, a licensed professional counselor, and she's been in practice since uh, 1987. So she's been doing this work for quite a while. And um, I should tell everyone, I actually um, got uh, Bernadette as a reference to uh, inquire whether she'd be available to be on the program from an individual who has the symptoms of Parkinson's and who found her work to be extremely helpful. We also on the program have another, a second, very special guest uh, who we're going to talk with in just a few minutes. Uh, uh, she has the symptoms of Parkinson's, and uh, she's going to actually work with uh, Bernadette. And so you'll get a real live sense of uh, how this particular approach works and how it can be used to help an individual address whatever concerns they might uh, have. So let me uh, say then, uh, Bernadette, thank you so much for being available and willing to be on the radio show today. Well, Robert, you're very welcome. It really is my pleasure to be working with this. So my first question is, I guess the obvious one, what is EFT, or emotional freedom technique? Yes, that's always the question, and it's one of those things that uh, if when you experience it, you go, oh, I get it. Uh, when you read about it, you think, what? That sounds a little odd. But basically, it's a, it falls into two major categories. It's a mind-body healing practice, and it borrows from acupuncture or acupressure points in the body. Uh, the basic thing I can say is that we're combining somebody having a negative thought, a negative physical symptom, a negative belief, that basically is blocking them from healing, and we're combining them, focusing on that negative belief, feeling, symptom, with tapping on certain meridian points on the face and the collarbone, just about eight points, really. And it has a phenomenal effect on changing the negativity and literally the physiology in the cell structure. And there's a lot of uh, physiology that goes into that, but I'll, I'll leave it there for right now. 
So is it really about tapping on the body? So if I knew what those eight points were, I could wake up in the morning and tap on those eight points and uh, be able to address the kinds of issues that I'm confronting? Um, that's, that's a big part of it. Uh, one part of it is being able to tune into what is, let's say, wrong, in quotation marks. One of the main features of EFT that I love is we're taking what we seem we seem to think is unacceptable, uh, this lack of balance, this speech that's not working right, this uh, this uh, not being able to move properly, etc. We usually shove those kinds of negative feelings or thoughts or literal symptoms in the background. We bring those forward at the same time that we're tapping and practicing what you'll hear later is an acceptance that even though this is going on and it feels horrible, I accept myself. So there's a combination of, I'd say, the cognitive and the tapping. So as an individual who has great experience in this particular approach, I would come to you and whatever might be up for me uh, in the day, we would work with. So if I was having difficulty with my movement, I might say that, and then we would go from there. Is that sort of yeah. the way it starts? Yes. I, I'm pretty much there to pay very close attention to what the client is saying to me uh, about symptoms, about feelings about those symptoms, thoughts they have that um, I'm not going to make it through this, etc. But I'm also listening to underneath what they're not saying, if you will. You know, the, the things that we don't say out loud, but that I might have a sense that they're present, so that I'm also tapping on those things as well. Does that How did sense? you get interested in uh, learning uh, and becoming an EFT practitioner? Well, the number one thing is that uh, as after I got just exposed to it by somebody who just kind of looks around and sees what the next thing is, um, that it's getting results, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Results speak louder than just about anything, and it's a tool that you can give people, unlike other things that, let's say, counselors like myself do, they have to keep going to the counselor in order to, to get the benefit. EFT is something that I can teach somebody, and they literally have this tapping tool in their back pocket. They can use it when their symptoms get worse. They can use it uh, to prevent symptoms. They, they can use it throughout their day and also use it on a multitude of things. And in addition to physical symptoms, it's used on all kinds of emotional states. Uh, it's used for athletic performance, boosting, uh, public speaking anxiety. It's just so usable on so many different arenas. I really, um, I'm quite biased, Robert. I love this tool. <laughs> <laughs> We talk about so many different approaches that people can consider to uh, help them get relief from symptoms. It really runs the gamut at Parkinson's Recovery. Um, what do you find particularly useful about emotional freedom technique over many of the other approaches that we discuss on the program? Um, well, I want to say straight out that that I um, am not somebody who is really, really familiar with your program, so I know that you cover a lot of arenas that, that I have not listened to the blog. Um, I can say, again, with EFT, the, the fact that I can teach it to my clients is extremely important. And one of the things I, well, there's several things. One of them is that 
you take something that is pretty unconscious, especially if you use a practitioner, you can get to the unconscious material. People have long-held resentments, grief, hurt, anger, uh, cut off from family members or friends, different events in their lives that have really created a change in the chemistry of their of their cell receptor sites. And this particular technique not only changes the physiology of the cell receptor sites, but it lets the person say out loud, not that they have to, but I, I find it beneficial. They get to say out loud, you know, even though I resent such and such, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. So it's kind of like dragging the old skeletons out of the closet and coming to peace with it all, not only mentally but also on that physiological level. I love that about EFT. And it's a no-nonsense method. You don't have to know all the science behind it. You don't have to have a practitioner. I think it's helpful at the beginning to have a practitioner to get to the more hidden issues, the, the root issues. But then you really can use it. I've had a client, four sessions with me. We did some major work on some major pieces of her history. She's used it with her husband. She's used it with her teenage daughter. And she's using it with a grandchild. So that is really rewarding. So this approach really does help transform thought forms and thought processes that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's uh, amazing how a person can start out with one thought and sometimes even between the first or the, even the second round, that thought will completely shift to, oh, I guess I can do this, when they started out with maybe a very high sense of hopelessness. The thought just shifts because of the physiology and the cell shifting. It's, it's really lovely. So you discuss EFT as a physiologically-based process. What is the basic chemistry of EFT? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be as succinct as possible. <laughs> um, when you think of life as a, a series of events, obviously we have a lot of events that happen, and those events can also be thoughts. I'll use a silly example of uh, golfers, and they'll say... Uh, oh, gosh, there's water over there. I certainly don't want to hit it in the water. <laughs> you know, your unconscious mind hears something about water <laughs> and starts tuning into water, and sure enough, you hit it in the water. Uh, so first of all, I think it's important to know that over 96% of our behaviors and thoughts are controlled by our unconscious, not the part that we're aware of. But when you have an event or a thought, chemicals are released by the hypothalamus, and these chemicals are experienced in our bodies as emotions. So if you think of chemicals synonymous with emotions, and they basically lock into the cell receptor sites, and we have some one or two trillion cells in our body, all of which have a lot of cell receptor sites, and if we don't process that chemical or that emotion, let, let's say in that resentment one I referred to earlier, it just stays in the cell receptor site. It blocks that site from getting the nutrients and the proteins, et cetera, that it needs to be healthy. And, of course, over time, cell receptor sites shrink up, cells shrink up and die, and they divide. 
So if you haven't cleared off that resentment, for example, now you have two cells that have a comfort zone for resentment. I don't know if that makes sense with you. I always, I always think about angry people, and they seem to find more anger. They get together with others, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and when you think about it on a, on a physiological level, they have, if they haven't re- released that anger from their cells, the chemical, the emotion, same thing, of anger, it's, it, it doesn't have a chance to release. The cell divides. Now you have twice as many cells feeling very comfortable with anger. So what EFT does is basically unlock the emotion slash chemical out of the cell receptor site. And I watch it before my eyes where, oh, the anger's gone or the sadness, the deep grief is gone, and there's this lightness in the body. And, um, and I know that it's literally happening on a cellular level. Clearly, the most sensitive cellular structure in the body or the neural networks, what you're saying then is that this will have the great opportunity to cleanse whatever blockages might be present in a person's neural networks. Yes, yes, very well put. Some very key features of EFT or emotional freedom technique uh, have to do then with what you talk about as acceptance or ending the fight. Tell us more about that. Well... In most things, there's this fight that's going on. Uh, I'm going to use an innocuous example, and then we can deal with the Parkinson's. Um, something as simple as doing the dishes. <laughs> um, there can be this internal fight, uh, you know, well, I should do the dishes. So already, because of the word should, you know there's a thing going on. There's this fight like, well, I, but I don't want to. Do you know what I'm saying there, Robert? You know, yep. Simple things like, you know, I should really get out and mow the lawn. Oh, I don't know. I, I've got to do this first. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, re- I really need to call George and see what's going on. Uh, these insidious, unconscious little things that, that we're fighting against the very thing that needs doing, that's simple, that's not that big a deal if we don't have the fight going on. In the case of something a little more complex, it's really easy to have a strong fight against having a serious illness. I hate this. Why me? I can't believe this is happening. This is awful. My life is going to go downhill from here on out. The prognosis is horrible. And fighting that, I've worked with a lot of people with uh, physical pain, and they're fighting the fact that they were in the car accident, for example. There's something beautiful about, and, and again, you'll hear it when I'm, working with Monica, of even though I have this blah, 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 something we find unacceptable, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And there's something about that that, you know, I don't know how, I can't explain how the neuroscientists can explain how things shift in the brain, but I can feel it and see it in front of my eyes that there's something about the acceptance of what we find unacceptable it starts to shift the so-called problem into a little more doable thing. I can now put it in the light and take a look at it in a clearer light. Whereas before, when I'm fighting it, I've got it back in the dark closet, pretending it doesn't really exist, but I'm totally focused on everything negative about it. 
So it seems to break up the gridlock. That's so cool. It sounds like this particular approach, EFT, uh, would be particularly uh, interesting to an individual who finds themselves saying, yeah, I know I ought to eat better food. I know I ought to exercise. I know I ought to do this and that, but I just don't feel like it today, that this, in fact, might be something that would help them get over the hurdle of resistance. Yes, and resistance is is the first and foremost thing for all of us. Yes, because the resistance thinks that we're they're protecting us somehow but in fact keeping us from the very thing that would be so helpful. Right. Those unconscious processes are hard to beat sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Particularly when you stay in the unconscious. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you're gonna be working here in just a, a minute with uh w- with Monica. Um and as you're gonna work, I've always decided myself that I'm gonna actually go through what you're suggesting she does. So I'm gonna be Monica. tapping on myself and silently saying some things. My question is, okay, so we're going to go through this particular uh, session. I'm going to be tapping once. Is that going to be it? Will I be able to clear out whatever I need to clear out with just one tapping event? Um, the answer is yes and no. The, the yes part is, um, I'll, I'll give you an example of a client this morning. Last week we, we worked on her sadness about a particular thing of a cutoff with a family member and she doesn't know what happened. Anyway, the details are neither here nor there, but this deep, deep sadness, we've, we tapped on the sadness, and that aspect is completely gone. What we haven't yet tapped on is the anger, and she came in today and said, you know, I thought about uh, Sarah again, and I realized I'm really angry. That still exists because it's a separate aspect. So there are many aspects clear but once you've cleared one aspect it's it's gone but as you know we all have the many layers of the onion there can be several aspects of grief over having an illness the the loss of function uh, the fear of the future uh, maybe not being able to work like one used to uh, will my fa- you know will my family be okay taking care of me I don't want anybody to take care of me There's, those are all various and separate aspects. It's not that you have to tap on every single aspect. Some of them will collapse when you work with another, but some of them are unique unto themselves, kind of like unique chemicals, if you will. They have their own own uh, hue, like the colors of a rainbow. Kind of, They each have their different vibration, if you will. Does that answer your question? It does indeed. Is persistence with EFT necessary uh, for a person who has the symptoms of uh, Parkinson's? Particularly with a serious illness, persistence is very important, and that's where things can break down. The EFT doesn't break down, but the will to do it can break down. And that's extremely common for anything. Even practitioners like myself who work all day long with people, I'll forget to tap on things. I'll forget about the power of it or, you know, you get too busy. But with things like serious illness, your body is is working overtime already. And this is a very powerful tool that seems so innocuous it's easy to ignore it. Persistence 
is something that the founder of EFT talks about a lot in terms of if you persist, if you find a daily regimen, you can make major shifts in your recovery. What an awesome explanation, Bernadette. Well, good. I'm going to now introduce our special guest so that Bernadette can have uh, really the rest of the program to work with her. She's Monica McIntyre, age 56, from Huntington Beach, California. It's been four years since her diagnosis, and Monica has chosen not to take medication. Her symptoms are other than the usual mild bouts of poverty of movement, freezing at doorways, and balance problems. She dislikes the intense anxiety that she experiences before going on an errand in the car. That's really one of the most troubling uh, uh, symptoms. Once she's driving, she's perfectly okay. How does Monica manage her symptoms? Well, one of the approaches is EFT, so she's got some experience with using this particular approach. She does light yoga stretches, Parkinson's ballroom dancing, walking elliptical machine to music. She uses a recumbent stationary bike to music. She uses light free weights, easy Tai Chi, deep breathing, meditation, and she also has a longevity stick. Uh, Monica's hobbies are reading and geocaching. So it's absolutely uh, delightful to welcome you on the program today, Monica. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And let me now turn the program over to Bernadette. Okay. Hi, Monica. Hi, Bernadette. So you and I are going to do some work. And um, for those listening, Monica and I uh, visited briefly, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes, so that I could meet her and and, uh, she could select really what things she wanted to focus on today. So... I think, Monica, why don't you go ahead and just say a little bit uh, about the driving? And, and if it's you not about the dri- it's, it's not about the driving mm-hmm. exactly. It's before I go, psyching myself up to get in the car right. and go anywhere. And right. I just get so anxious. Mm-hmm. And then once I get in the car and I'm on my way... I relax a little bit more and wonder what the big deal was. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, great. The notes that I took uh, was that the driving makes you nervous and tense beforehand, just thinking about it. You have a lot of thoughts prior to, full of anxiety, dreading getting into the car is what you told me. Yes. Is that accurate? And, yes. And just for the the listeners, I'm going to include some other things you said to me because I'm going to be using them in the tapping. And I don't know if there's any practitioners that are listening now or will be, but I'm always listening for every little thing the person says, both both negative, if you will, and positive. Because here are some positives, Monica, that you told me that I circle in my color color green. I'm not an impaired driver, you told me. You said you can drive a stick shift, and uh, even though you do the errands with your automatic car, and I still have good coordination with a clutch and stick. So those are things that I'm going to tap in later after we get rid of 
some of the negatives, if you will, All right. is then we can begin to strengthen and build in and anchor the positives that, in fact, are true, that, that you are not an impaired driver. In fact, you're a very capable driver. But there might okay. be some other things you're scared about which will probably come up. Okay. So um, for the sake of, of people listening, uh, either live or on a recording, I think I'll go over the tapping points. And some of you already know a lot about EFT, I understand, and some of you may not know anything about it. Everybody has a little bit different tapping points. Uh, Gary Craig, the EFT masters, they all do a little tiny bit different things. Uh, we're all pretty much doing the same thing, but there's a few things. So I'm going to just talk um, briefly here. There's the karate chop, which uh, Monica, you and I have gone over this, but for those listening, the karate chop is between the pinky and the end of the hand in that fatty portion. If, if you were going to split a law of, what do you call that? Oh, dear. You break a board with the karate chop. Tapping there. Then we take both hands. I take the middle and index finger, and I tap on the inside of the eyes, kind of where the bridge of the nose and the eyebrows start. We just tap on there, and you don't have to tap hard at all, just, just lightly. Then we're going to tap on the outside of the eyes, which means you just curve around the eyebrow to the end of the eyebrow. You're on the bone, not the temple. Tapping there with the same two fingers. Then go under the eyes, under, and that's again on the bone. Not on the cheek, but under, right under the eye. Then one hand, whichever you prefer, it doesn't matter, under the nose. Then go to that little dippy part of the chin, tap on that. And then I have people, here's where I differ maybe with some. I have people take their, uh, if you're right-handed, for example, I take my right hand, I fold my fingers down, form kind of a flat base with my fingers. And where there's that, the clavicles come together and there's that soft spot, your throat, palate, and about an inch down is the beginning of the sternum, that very tough bone. We're going to thump on that. This is a thymus thump, a nice, good, hard thump. Then under the armpit, about four inches down, you're on the side of your rib cage. We're going to be tapping on that. If, you, if a person can't cross their chest, you can take the same hand and do it on the same side of the body. doesn't matter. And then I use the wrist. Um, top of the head is a good one. If you prefer top of the head, that's fine. I use the inside of the wrist. So since I am right-handed, I take my right wrist, not, my, not the butt of my hand, but the actual wrist, and flop it over on top of my left wrist and just tap those together. It doesn't matter if you do it with your right hand, left hand. It, it really doesn't matter. You can switch off. The body uh, doesn't care as long as we get the tapping in. Number of taps, I wouldn't worry about it. By the time that we say whatever we're going to say, you'll have done plenty of taps. And again, not too vigorously. Some people end up bruising themselves if they get a little too vigorous. Okay, so, Monica. I'm ready. Let's do this. I want you to focus on, it can be a recent time or it can be something that happened 
long time ago, I don't care, but I want you to focus on the particular issue at hand, which is before you need to go do an errand, you start thinking right. about, oh, gosh, I have to get in the car. And I'd like you to give me a specific time if possible. And you don't have to, but if you have one, that um, you get your anxiety all going. You mean for the recent event? Yeah, yeah, if you have a recent event of, of this happening. It was about 1.30 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I had to drive over to my hairdresser. Okay. And... And it usually is a low point in my day, so I was dreading going because I just didn't feel good in my body about going. Okay. So I had all this anxiety. Okay. Okay. And you don't have to notice any other thoughts, but but are there any other thoughts about I'm not going to make it, uh, I'm, you know, any thoughts at all about once you're in the car, I'm not going to be able to drive, I'm going to run into something. I mean, do you have any thoughts specifically to driving other than just anxiety? No, no my, my anxiety lies in the fact that I have to walk back and forth between the car and the house and load my cane if I should have to use it, my purse, uh, a, a jacket, and um, that that creates a lot of anxiety because when I'm in the house, I tend to um, stop and go, freeze in my, you know, going to the doorways. And uh, so it takes a lot of effort. Okay. And that effort creates a lot of anxiety because I wish I could just walk out there and load my car like I used to. Okay all in one fell swoop, but that isn't possible right now. Okay. So there's a lot of effort, and then there's a lot of, um, what would you call that, that, darn it, I can't do this like I used to? Just, um, I don't know, wishing that, Uh just wishing it was like it was before. Yeah. Great. Okay. I'm just taking a couple notes there. Okay. So I want you right now to really tune in, Monica, to that particular, we're going to call it the, the situation, okay, where you okay. have to go to the hairdresser. It's one thirty in the afternoon. It's not your favorite time of day. don't feel very good. And you can imagine how you're going to have to go walk back and forth. And that's not an easy thing for you to do. It takes a lot of effort. And you certainly wish it was like it was before. So this is the whole event, if you will. Okay? And I want you to pretend you have a little camera in your mind. All right. And you're going to take a picture, a snapshot, that represents the worst part of this whole event. Okay. And... You know, just let it develop, kind of like the old Polaroid, you know? <laughs> okay. You don't have to work at this at all. Just see what shows up as a picture that represents the worst part of this whole deal. Okay. And what do you get in a picture? That it's pretty funny. Okay. 
it makes me laugh because if if I was to run a bunch of pictures, it would just there'd be a whole bunch of them for each right. pause that I take getting back and forth to put my stuff in the car. Okay. Okay. So the picture that represents the most disturbing part of this entire event or memory, if you will, is when you take a pause. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay, so tell me literally what you see. You have several of them, but let's just... uh, Let's take. Let's pretend we have a summary picture. <laughs> what okay. do you literally see in this picture? What I just see me stop. I see me okay. stop. I see me looking down at the floor, uh-huh. uh, trying to find an, uh, a goal to step to so I can initiate walking again. Okay. Um, I'm thinking really hard about it. I'm not being able to move. I'm just frozen. Okay. Okay, good. Okay, wonderful. So when I refer, Monica, to let's go back to the picture, I'm referring to that, okay? Yes. What you just told me. This is a great picture. I mean, there's a lot in this. Hmm. Okay. All right. So I want you to focus on that picture as much as possible. See if you can put yourself there mentally that you're you're in the picture now. You you are you are the picture. Right. And what do you notice going on in your body right now as you're in that picture? I feel like I'm there. Yes. I feel like I'm experiencing it because I'm shaking more right now. Okay, you're shaking more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Anything else physically you notice sensation-wise in your body? No, just the uh, anxiety level is up there. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's the next part, the emotions. The anxiety is a, on a 0 to 10. How high is the anxiety? It's a 10. Okay. Okay. And again, I'm just going to bring you back to your body, just for the heck of it. Um, you said you noticed shaking more. Anything else going on in your body that you noticed? Just shaking more and uh, tightening of my muscles okay. in my my arms and my legs. Uh-huh. Doesn't lead to good walking, does it? No. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So I'm going to have you focus on the picture, Monica, and we're going to do the tapping, all right? All right. I'll just lead you through it. And I think you know the spots, but I'll announce them first off, and then later on I'll probably, every time I say a new phrase, we'll be just moving to the next spot. But I'll announce them for a while. Is that okay? Great. Okay, all right. So we're at the karate chop, Monica, and you're focusing on this picture, even though I feel really anxious. Even though I feel really... Yeah. Oh, do you want me to say it after you? Yes, I was just, I forgot to say, you know, just repeat everything I say right after me. Yeah. Even though I feel really anxious. 
even though I feel really anxious. This is just too hard. This is just too hard. It's too hard. It's too hard. I have to stop. I have to stop. I'm looking down at the floor for a good place to start walking again. I'm looking down at the floor to look for a good spot to start walking again. I don't know where a good spot is. I don't know where a good spot is. And even though I'm so anxious. And even though I'm so anxious. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. Okay. Love and accept yeah. It's Sorry. Good. No, no, it's good. It's really good. We want this to all move. And and I'm going to keep going, but any time you need a break, you know, I'll just follow your lead. Okay. And if you need to ever get a Kleenex or whatever, you just let me know. Okay. Even though I feel so anxious. Even though I feel so anxious. Because this is so hard. Because this is so hard. It's just too much effort. It's just too much effort. And I don't know if I can do it. And I don't know if I can do it. I'm stopped. I'm stuck. I'm looking for a good place to step. I'm looking for a good place to step. And this is scary. And this is what? I'm sorry. Scary. Scary. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm really anxious. And even though I'm really anxious. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. Even though I am this anxious. Even though I am this anxious. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. Okay, so we're going to go up to the inside of the eyes. Okay. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Outside of the eyes. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Under the eyes. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Under the nose. Feeling so anxious. Feeling so anxious. Chin. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. And I call it the collarbone. It's that thymus stump. Okay, I'm going mm-hmm. to call it the collarbone from now on. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Under the armpit, four inches down. I am just so anxious. I am just so anxious. Wrist. Gosh, this is scary. Gosh, this is scary. This anxious feeling. This anxious feeling. Okay, nice deep breath. And just let that go. Sometimes I'll say more than one thing uh, when we get to the wrist. 
Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always cue you if we're going to go back up to the inside of the eyes. I'll, I'll always say it. Okay? okay. All right. Okay, so we're going to tune into this picture again, Monica. All right. And there you are. You're stopped. You're looking down at the floor. You're looking for a good place to step to initiate some more walking. Bernadette? Yes? My phone is warning me that it's going to give up, so I'm going to turn on the other headset. Okay. Right now. So All right. Stand by. I'll be here. Okay, hold on. Take me a while to hook up the headset. Can you hear me? I can. Very well. Good. Okay, you got a fresh battery? I got a fresh battery. Thank you for waiting. All right, certainly. Of course. Okay, let's tune into that picture, Monica. All right, I'm tuned in. Take your time. I want you to get into the picture. Okay, I got it. Okay. Really tune into it. What do you notice in your body? Um, it feels a little bit more relaxed. Not, not so tense. Not, oh, the good. muscles aren't as tight. Good. How about that shaking more? Is that done at all or same or whatever? I'm still shaking, but um, mm-hmm. not. I'm, I'm shaking without the, uh, what do they call it, the tenseness of the muscles. Okay, good. Okay, that that helps things. Okay, and um, on a on a zero to ten, how intense is that anxious feeling? I would say it's an eight now. Eight. Okay, good. Let's go ten to an eight. That's great. Okay, and this is standard procedure. You go to the second round. We're on the karate chop again. We're tapping on the karate chop. Nice and easy even though I still have some anxiety. Even though I still have some anxiety. Because this is a lot of work. Because this is a lot of work. Let's face it, it is a lot of work. Let's face it, it is a lot of work. I didn't have to work this hard before. I didn't have to work this hard before. I could just do these things without thinking. I could just do these things without thinking. But now it takes a lot of concentration. But now it takes a lot of concentration. And even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. I deeply and completely. I deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. It's interesting that I am able to do this. It's interesting that I am able to do this. I am able to stop and look down at the floor. I am able to stop and look down at the floor. And figure out a new place to start walking. And figure out a new place to start walking. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. 
it's kind of cool that I know how to do this. It's kind of cool that I know how to do this. I can get from point A to point B. I can get from point A to point B. And from B to C. And from B to C. And C to D. And C to D. I actually get myself with all of these things into my car. I actually get myself with all of my things into the car. And even though I'm still somewhat anxious about it. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious about it. Even though I'm pretty good at it. Even though I'm pretty good at it. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Okay, let's go to the inside of the eyes. This remaining anxious feeling. This remaining anxious feeling. Outside of the eyes. This remaining anxious feeling. This remaining anxious feeling. Under the eye. I'm still somewhat anxious. I'm still somewhat anxious. Under the nose. I can stay anxious if I want to. <laughs> I can still anx- I can stay anxious if I want to. Can. Or maybe I can let some more of it go if I want to. Or mo- maybe I can let some more of it go if I want to. Collarbone. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Under the arm. I might let more of it go or I might keep it all. I might let more of it go or I might keep it all. Wrist. Whatever I do. Whatever I do. Whatever I choose. Whatever I choose. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. This remaining anxiety. This remaining anxiety. Okay, nice deep breath. I'm sorry. Just take a nice deep breath. I'm just encouraging you to take a deep breath. Okay. And let it go real fully. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. Okay, so we're going to go back to the picture. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you tell me, Monica... Um, it might be the very same picture. It might be different. I don't know. There's no expectations one way or the other. I just want you to tell me what you see. I'm standing straighter. Oh, good. I'm not hunched. I'm not hunched down, clenched, looking down at the ground, worried about my next step. I'm standing straighter. Excellent. That'll help things. Yeah. And did you say you're a little less worried? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. That's nice, too. Okay. Um, And you're looking for your next step? Not so much. I'm focusing not on the floor now, but to where I'm going. Oh, good. Is that okay with you? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure is. Okay. Okay, great. And um, are you frozen? No. Okay, good. That sounds good to me. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) okay. So let's check in with the anxiety feeling on a zero to ten. What intensity does that have right now for you as you're in your picture? It's a four or five. Four or five. Okay. Okay. 
what would need, this is just, I just ask people this, as I say, let's pretend we have magic. You know, whether we do or don't, doesn't necessarily even matter, but let's pretend. What would need to happen, in your view, in order for that four or five to go down? I mean, I, I think we can get it there by some more tapping, just generally, but I'm interested in your thoughts. What would need to happen in your ideas of things? I need to, to I I need to realize how silly well most of all I need to be able to just release it so it's not so important to it's like I have this brick wall in front of me. Okay. And I you know, feel like it's impenetrable. Uh-huh. Um And what is that brick wall, do you know? It's myself. Okay. It's, it's uh-huh. what I what I'm believing that is possible or not possible. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm just making a note of that. What I believe is possible or not possible. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good brick wall for most of us, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said a very profound thing there. That we we all have this to work with. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do some work with that. Okay. And and uh, Robert, I trust that you're gonna, you know, inter interrupt or whatever whenever you need to. But we're gonna keep going here. Please do. Okay. So we're on the karate chop. All right. Even though I still feel somewhat anxious. Even though I still feel somewhat anxious. Because I can feel that brick wall. Because I can feel the brick wall. It's tough. It's tough. It's like brick. It's like brick. It has that rough texture to it. It has that rough texture to it. It's all cemented together. It's all cemented together. There's no way I can move a brick wall. There's no way I can move a brick wall. It's just not possible. Just not possible. And even though I have this brick wall in front of me. Even though I have this brick wall in front of me. And I seem to be walking anyway. And I seem to be walking anyway. And I get to the car anyway. And I get to the car anyway. And I did get to my hairdresser. And I did get to my hairdresser. There's still this brick wall in front of me. There's still this brick wall in front of me. And even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Even though I'm still somewhat anxious. Because the brick wall stops me. Because the brick wall stops me. I still deeply and completely. I still deeply and completely. Love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. What if I didn't have a brick wall in front of me? What if I didn't have the brick wall in front of me? How the heck did it get here anyway? (laughs) How the heck did it get here anyway? I don't remember this brick wall several years back. I don't remember this brick wall here some years back. I used to just get up, get my stuff, and go to the hairdresser. I used to just get up, get my stuff, and go to the hairdresser. Takes a little more time now. Takes a little bit more time now. Oh, well. (laughs) Oh, well. But I got this brick wall all of a sudden. But I got this brick wall all of a sudden. It's a belief. It's a belief. That this just isn't possible. 
This isn't possible. But I got to the hairdresser anyway. But I got to the hairdresser anyway. Even though this is all so confusing. Even though this is all so confusing. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. I still deeply and completely love and accept myself. I still deeply and completely love and accept myself. Even though it takes me a little longer. Even though it takes me a little longer. And I fight that sometimes. And I fight that sometimes. I think things should be the way they were. (laughs) I think things should be the way they were. And they aren't. And they aren't. They're different now. They're different now. And I get a little anxious about that. And I get a little anxious about that. Fighting it. Fighting it. This brick wall might be my fight. This brick wall might be my fight. Tells me things aren't possible. Tells me things aren't possible. Tells me lies. Tells me lies. I love to lie to myself. I love to lie to myself. It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. And even though it's not. Even though it's not. It's not enjoyable. Not enjoyable. I deeply and completely love and accept myself anyway. I deeply and completely love and accept myself anyway. Okay. Uh, Inside of the eyes. This little bit of anxiety. This little bit of anxiety. And just so you know, I'm going to throw in the kitchen sink here, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, Outside of the eyes. I think things should be the same as they were. I think things should be the same as they were. Under the eye. I just won't accept that things are different. I just won't accept that things are different. Under the nose. What would it be like to just accept things are different? What would it be like to just accept things are different? That doesn't... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Chin. That doesn't mean I'm going to get worse. It doesn't mean I'm going to get worse. Stay with the chin. It just means things are different. It just means things are different. Collarbone. Well, yeah, things are different. Well, yeah, things are different. Under the arm. And I'm doing pretty darn good. And I'm doing pretty darn good. Wrist. I can drive myself to the hairdresser. I can drive myself to the hairdresser. And I can get all my stuff into my car. And I can get all my stuff into my car. Including me. Including me. The one with the hair. (laughs) (laughs) The one with the hair. Yeah. (laughs) Go to the inside of the eyes. This little bit of anxiety. This little bit of anxiety. Side of the eye. I wonder if I could just let it go. I wonder if I can just let it go. Under the eye. I seem to be a good enough driver. I seem to be a good enough driver. I seem to get my cane and my purse and my jacket and me into the car. I seem to get my purse, my jacket, my cane, and me into the car. It's nice to drive myself to the hairdresser. It's nice to drive myself to the hairdresser. Collarbone. It's so wonderful to have this sense of freedom. It's so wonderful to have this sense of freedom. Under the arm. To have this sense of independence is so wonderful. To have this sense of independence is so wonderful. I could probably accept that it takes a little longer. I could probably accept that it takes a little longer. 
Oh, no, I don't want to accept that. (laughs) No, I don't want to accept that. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. Whatever I choose. Whatever I choose. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Okay. Nice deep breath. And let that go. Let it go. It's a one. Excellent. Yay. Okay. Okay, Now, if I was with you, um, I don't want to take too much time off of the program here. We do what's called an eye roll. And I just wanted mm-hmm. to imagine this. If if you were sitting in front of me with your eyes pointed toward me, and I put mm-hmm. my hand down toward the bottom of the floor, and I slowly lifted my hand up to the top of the ceiling, and you would mm-hmm. have your eyes just follow that very slowly. Okay. And you might say once or twice during that period of time this little bit of anxiety. This little bit of anxiety. Yep, and you roll your eyes way up. And I tell people to shake their eyes out. (laughs) 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 Typically, that can dust out the corners there with an eye roll. Um, I can't see what you did, so I don't know, you know, if you did it or not. But a one sure beats a ten. Yes, I feel relaxed. Good. Good. So this is this is an example of taking one aspect, in this case Monica's anxiety about getting into the car and all of the things that take a lot of effort. You know, we we might go back if you were doing a longer session with me and and just do a little tapping on all the effort that this takes. There's obviously a sense of loss, which I would want to focus on pretty quickly so that we could get that would tap into a whole reservoir of loss and grief. Because I I didn't realize how much I I had. Yeah. I I, uh, just kind of, I didn't even realize it. Yeah, well, everybody's such a trooper, you know. You're working so hard to manage things and deal with what you have here. But this reservoir of loss and grief is a huge thing to release out of the cell structure. It can make a huge difference in relieving symptoms, relieving state of mind. And uh, this is an example of taking one aspect. And then other things, of course, come up with whether it's relationships with family, friends, uh, with work that one can maybe no longer do, uh, you know, different kinds of losses. Or, or as you say, things that are just a lot more work and effort. Yeah. I thought I was coping okay, but I guess I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure you're coping really well. It's, there's just a lot of hidden aspects that are... Powerful. So at this yeah. point, I think I'll just check in uh, with Robert and listeners. Okay. Thank or, you. Yes. Thank you. 
Monica, thank you, and I hope you, you're going to stay on, and maybe there'll be some questions for you, or or we might get to do more work. I don't know. I'll stick around. Okay. My uh, my follow-up question, uh, Bernadette, is would you recommend that Monica do any follow-up tapping for herself? Yes, absolutely. Um, the, the the thing that's common is people not feeling comfortable with the tapping yet. Like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't think I know where to tap. Monica might be able to because she's done some on herself. I would go into... I wish it was like it was before. That's what I would go into. And that's a deeper pocket of loss. And then aspects come up, and, and sometimes I encourage people to write them down even ahead of time. You know, my relationship with my husband, or I can't do the work I used to do, or friends seem to uh, be standoffish because they don't know what to say to me. You know, those various things. And then start tapping on those aspects. Uh, I, I think, personally, I love to have a very specific picture. You don't have to, but I find it to be more helpful. If you have a question for Bernadette Hunter, you can call 347-945-5358 and simply press the one on your dial pad, and uh, we'll know that you'd like to be able to talk uh, with her. Um, and Bernadette, you've just worked with Monica here over the phone. You also are available to work with individuals at long distance. Is that correct? Yes, I do a lot of phone sessions. That's another one of the, the benefits of EFT over a lot of other methods. Um, I've worked with some major issues with people that I've never, ever met in person, but we can do the work over the phone just like you heard Monica and I do. We can do deep grief work over the phone. Uh, some, for some people, they they even like it, the, the anonymity, if you will. Uh, for some people, they feel like they can say more. And, of course, you know, if I'm working with someone, uh, the client, I've had clients in Kansas. I just had a client in South Korea. <laughs> so it's amazing hmm. how it can open up the world. And I guess people could probably talk with you if they're in other countries on Skype. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, we've worked on Skype and also just over the phone. Yeah. Now, how do people get in touch with you if they would like to pursue this possibility? Um, I think two good ways. I, I always encourage people, anybody, to check people out. <laughs> and, of course, they've gotten a taste of me today. But my, my website uh, is... Of course, the, the three W's, and then it's powerful, the word powerful, dash, performance.com. And that will give you some history of me and some uh, frequently asked questions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My phone number is 303-300-6733. I'm based in Denver, Colorado, and um, people can also email me. My Probably the easiest is to say my, my email is on my website. Take some time here, and uh, that's an easy way to email me. 
And if if you put in the subject line something about, you know, inquiring about EFT services, then I'll I'll know it's not some spam, something or other. <laughs> Great. Yeah. There are uh, people, uh, some of them are, are actually very well-known and public figures uh, who might like to be able to contact you. Uh, I suppose they could contact you and actually use a different name. Would that be true? That is, the fact is that you're just working with the person and you don't actually have to know uh, their identity. Um, I wouldn't have to know their identity. There, there's, a, there's a piece of that that that, uh, you know, when you feel something's quite a little bit off, <laughs> uh, and I only say that, that it doesn't so much matter to me as that if somebody feels they need to hide their identity, there's there's an energy held in that. I don't know exactly how to express that. Right. Uh, um, I mean, certainly, yeah, I would, I would not necessarily know the difference. However, I might, because I tend to pick up things energetically. Uh, but that's, that's an option. If somebody, or if somebody, or if somebody, here's what would be better for me, personally, if somebody said, you know, I don't want to tell you my real name because I'm famous, and so I'm going to give you this name, that would feel more authentic for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Because um, otherwise, I'd probably pick up that there's something off in the energy here. But certainly, I think your point is well taken that, People can be anonymous. People don't have to reveal the details if they have something that's just horrendous to work with. They don't have to reveal the details um, in order for us to clear it, which is another huge benefit of this kind of work. Right. Well, now that I've gone to a more public format uh, with the radio program and uh, people uh, who have the opportunity to actually call in, I've noticed that... uh, that I actually get many fewer questions than in, in a previous format, which is when people could actually write them in. And there are many, many people who have the symptoms, but they are, they're working, they have jobs, and they prefer that uh, people don't know that they're uh, confronting some certain symptoms uh, that are associated with Parkinson's. So they don't really want to, you know, they don't want to come out on a radio program and uh, ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that very sensitive issue for many people that's very real. Yeah. And I'd like to uh, put in there that that would be, you know, between myself and the client, that's another very important aspect for us to tap on is that shroud of uh, I can't tell people, people look askance at this, uh, I look funny. There's, there's that whole shift from feeling like a so-called normal person to being now somehow marginalized, <clears throat> or that uh, the, the public sees me in a less than favorable way for some unknown reason. Uh, I think that's a very important aspect. The, the shame, if you will, and an acquired shame that is such a heavy burden and needs to be lifted and gotten out of out of the cells and every single thing. Right. So the places where you can be of great benefit will be when a person uh, has something that's really up for them. Perhaps it's shame, perhaps it's um, embarrassment, perhaps it's a specific uh, function as we just experienced here on the show. And if it's really up, then it sounds like it's very useful to be able to get some of this uh, EFT assistance. Yes, and I I think the 
in addition to when things are really up, which of course is when most of us act, is when we're in our deepest pain. But sometimes it's uh, it's useful to not wait that long, and they don't have to go to me. There's there's lots of EFT people around. It all works in different ways, certainly. But things things can build uh, silently and become bigger problems. Your symptoms become a lot worse, and you don't even know why. Um, and I understand, you know, I don't understand the whole physical. I, I I know physical symptoms can get worse, but the mental things taken care of sooner than later will certainly ease a lot of the physical symptoms as well. And for people to really get good at the tapping, so they can they can use the persistence aspect of the tapping. I think it's important to jump on something like this as much as possible and as soon as possible. When people work with you, they also get uh, follow-up homework assignments or instructions on what they can do uh, after that particular session to make sure that the uh, treatment holds and uh, becomes even more effective. Is that right? It, it depends on the session. Um, sometimes I give people a lot of homework, and sometimes I don't, depending on uh, some people get too keyed in on it. But I would say in the most, for the most part, um, I'll say, okay, here's what I want you to tap on this week, and when can you? You know, we kind of try to work out something. Uh, or I'll say, I want you to tap on your resistance, in which we laugh because they don't want to tap. <laughs> yes, I think uh, some kind of homework um, or uh, sometimes paradoxical homework. I want you to make sure not to tap at all because it might help too much. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but, yes, they're given guidance. Sometimes I will send an email delineating uh, if there's any clarifications needed. Most of the time I do that verbally. Mm -hmm. And it does sound like uh, for the particular work, uh, there is immediate result, uh, just as we heard expressed in the session you did with Monica, rather than having to wait a month or two or a year to see some kind okay. of a positive outcome. You actually do see it now. It just happens now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would be, well, I, I hate to predict because I don't want to set uh, an expectation, but what I am asking Monica right now is is to just keep paying attention, to have no expectations of what's going to be, but to keep paying attention and just see how it goes with uh, getting her stuff together and getting into the car and levels of anxiety about that, um, bodily symptoms, of how that goes to get into the car. You know, that's all we focused on today. But she might also notice some other things, which I don't want to lead that, but my guess is she might also notice some other things that um, will be in a favorable light. And so people may be working with you actually for one session to clear whatever is up, uh, or they may actually uh, schedule a number of subsequent sessions uh, to work on whatever uh, follows up after afterward. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Oftentimes people come and say, uh, you know, I want to get this cleared up. And then they see how fast that can happen and they get pretty excited and say, well, I also want to clear up this. <laughs> 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 and then there's this relationship. <laughs> um, so it's just a matter of really what the client wants to clear up. But the thing that I love about it for myself and the client is, as you witnessed today, that 
the results do come right away. And it'll be fun. Um, you know, I'm going to ask Monica to, to email me and, and give me some feedback about what she notices. Well, that's really quite awesome, I must say. Remarkable work. We've really uh, pursued the whole theme of uh, our thoughts and how they affect our ability to recover from the symptoms of Parkinson's very vigorously these last uh, three or four months, and this certainly uh-huh. piggybacks uh, beautifully on all of that work. And I, just a brief thing, because uh, I think this is a lovely metaphor, that when I asked Monica, and I know you're right here, Monica, I'm just kind of talking to everybody, um, I asked, well, what would bring that anxiety down more, you know, from a four to a five to less? And she said, well, I need to realize it's not so important. And then she said, well, there's this brick wall in front of me, and it's me. It's what I believe is possible or not possible. And she just, you know, without thinking, our unconsciousness picks it up. It's a thought. And uh, that was just beautiful, I thought. Oh, I did too. And it seems like this work can also be powerful for people who find themselves thinking the thought, oh, now that I have the symptoms of Parkinson's, I'm going to always get worse, because it'll help them acknowledge, oh, wait a minute, that's actually not true. And they can, through this uh, neural reprogramming, through tapping, and also through speaking certain statements, they'll be able to uh, reconfigure that in a very different and creative way. Yes. I spend a lot, uh, briefly I'll say that in the tapping, I do a lot of, uh, you know, maybe this will blah, 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 maybe this won't blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll get better, maybe I'll never get better. Maybe my symptoms will get really bad, maybe they'll get really good. I don't know yet. It has, I don't know, that's the future. It, it loosens up the cells to go, oh, yeah, I don't know, that's not true. Ah, right. It takes care, it addresses the fear that's just residing and bubbling all around the body. Yes, and this whole little voice we have, and, and I spend a, hopefully a lot of time, not as much today, but with humor of, uh, you know, I just love to scare myself. <laughs> this is an old habit of mine, to scare myself about things that haven't even happened yet. And I, I think we all have a tendency to greater or lesser degrees to do that. Well, this has been a fascinating uh, session and discussion. Uh, I've learned a great deal about EFT that I never knew before, Bernadette. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being with us today and explaining uh, to our listeners how this particular wonderful therapy works for people. Robert, you are doing such wonderful work on what I've seen from your website and your programs, your blogs, and um, I appreciate that you're out there in the world, so thank you. So this is uh, Bernadette Hunter. Uh, I got her uh, reference and her name from individuals who have been uh, significantly helped, uh, individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's, and you just heard her work with uh, Monica McIntyre, who's been a volunteer uh, here on the program, um, who's also interested in uh, EFT as a as a uh, possible profession for herself. You can um, get in touch with Bernadette Hunter at the following website, www.powerful, P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L, dash, performance, P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E dot com, where you get lots of information about the wonderful work that she's doing. And um, feel free to contact her about the possibility of getting a private session 
And that's what's happening at Parkinson's Recovery on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the men are handsome, all the women are smart, and all the children are truly loved. For those of you who are listening, know that you are on the road to recovery. Good day. I'm still here. <laughs> oh, good. I just wanted to say thank you so much, Monica. Oh, likewise. I uh, okay. There are some other issues, and um, I wanted to know how much you charge. <laughs> okay. You know, but I, I'll email. I, I'll email you. Okay. Let's. Um, I'd love to visit now, but I. I, I yeah. Can't. But um, okay. let's let's talk, and and I would talk, uh, you know, voice to voice about that with you. Um, okay. Let's see. I uh, wonder if I could even just set up a time. I just have this silly schedule these days. Um, can I you understand. set up a time to talk about that? Sure. Okay. Let's just look here. I don't even know if I... Um, I... This might be too early for you. I have a client tomorrow until um, 10.30 my time. That's 9.30 your time. That's, is that too early? 9.30. Uh, yes, it is. I have a okay, that's fine. appointment with the dog to take her to the vet for a brief time at 11. So I wake up late because my husband works sure. late and I stay up to, to oh, greet him okay. when he comes. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, either call, I'll try to get a hold of you. Um, tomorrow. Okay. And um, if I don't get a hold of you tomorrow, and um, I'm actually working part of Memorial Day. Um, oh, okay. Is that a good day to call you or not? That's not a good call? day. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to call you. I'm just going to plan on calling you um this one is convenient for you. If you get me, fine. If you don't, yeah, cool. let's just do that. Okay, okay, we'll do it. All well, right. Thank you so much. Thank you Please, from the uh, bottom of my heart. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, be safe. Okay, bye bye. Bye.